Hi, welcome to BoobTube, the podcast where smart women talk about what they're watching and not watching. My name is Amanda Teuscher. And I'm Sarah Whitus. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Amanda. It's been two weeks since we talked. It's been two weeks. It's been like a week and a half. Week and a half. Yeah. This is my fault. Well, it's your cat's fault. (laughs) It's definitely my cat's fault. Uh, We are... Yeah, recording about two weeks later because I couldn't record last week because my cat escaped from my apartment. It was a debacle. Um, she's an asshole. My, my cat, Steve. Um, she's safe now, though. She is safe now. Also, I was listening to uh, one of our other favorite podcasts, uh, Who Weekly, this morning, and I don't remember what the context was, but for some reason, Bobby and Lindsay, uh, Bobby Finger and Lindsay Weber, the hosts of that podcast, have a whole aside where they talk about what a great name Steve is for a cat. <gasps> Get out! <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to take that as a personal shout out, despite the fact that you don't know me, and you don't know my cat. <laughs> you obviously don't know my cat. Um, but yeah, my cat escaped last week when we were supposed to record, and I was completely distraught and like um, posting signs around the neighborhood and just basically crying my eyes out. Um, and I was in no place to record, uh, a podcast about TV last week. But then, like, two hours later, after we decided not to record it, um, a very nice neighbor found my cat. Hooray! Yeah. So... Well, that gave us plenty of time to watch TV. TV. So we have a lot of TV to talk about. Yes. Um, there have been, um, a lot of new episodes since the new year, but, um, also... We've ventured on our own to watching new shows. I watched Lovesick um, in its entirety, all three seasons, <laughs> um, which, I mean, they're each like six episodes, but, because um, it's British. It's British, right? Yeah. Um, it I was originally really know, called... Yeah, I don't really know Lovesick. Give me, bring me up to speed on it. Well, it was originally called Scrotal Recall. I don't know if that sounds familiar to you, but it there does. Was... I remember Scrotal yeah. Recall. I remember Scrotal Recall, and people being like, "It's good," and me being like, "I don't care. I I'm don't believe you." Well, it is. That. So, <laughs> the show in is England great. Would you get a show called Scrotal Recall. I know Recall also. it's absurd. It would the never thing is, here. though, actually, that the name Scrotal Recall. I think it it suits the first season. Like it's funny and it's cheeky, um, <laughs> cheek, but <laughs> but. Um, it gets kind of, (laughs) stop, okay, you have to leave my house. Um, it gets, like, kind of sappy and, like, dramatic in the third season, and if that show was still called Scrotal Recall in the third season, I'd be like, this is weird. And what's the concept? So the concept, and this is what's really cool, especially about the first two seasons, because it's quite inventive. They have, um... The main character, Dylan, who's, you know, on the hunt for love, he's kind of a romantic, finds out he has chlamydia, and so he has to contact all of his former sexual partners to tell them and, like, warn them or find out if they, you know, whatever. You've tested positive for chlamydia. That that doesn't sound positive. Two tablets should clear it, but left untreated can cause infertility. You'll need to contact your previous sexual partners. All of them? No, just the ones you like. It's been 11 years since I lost my virginity, and what have I got? Apart from chlamydia, obviously. I'm going to start calling them today. In what? Chronological order, marks out of temper performance. Bra size? Alphabetical. Okay. Mostly because I don't want to call Tasha first. And so each episode is a different former girlfriend or, like, hookup or whatever, and it's... It goes so it goes back in time, but the 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 current of the entire series is that he and his best friend Evie are like secretly in love with each other, and they have been for years. So you see it; it's playing with time. So it's just one long romantic comedy. Um, it'll go back to the present, and like Evie's engaged, but like they're still in love or whatever. Um, anyway, it's very funny. Um, but the third season is when um, certain characters get together and then it's just not as interesting because then it's not like, it, then it just becomes a like comedy drama. Yeah. And the tension is gone. And it's also like, yeah. And then it's also like, you guys are beautiful people that are in love. Like it becomes this thing where it's like your own like insecurities about your relationship are not interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Like, like wondering if this is meant to be like, I don't 
fucking care. So is the conceit kind of gone by the third season? Yes. Okay. The good thing is there's like so, like, we're not supporting characters that you... we by that point. Yes. Yeah. But, okay. by the, but there are other characters that you do think are like real... Like there's this one character, Angus, who is just like... He looks like... Um, oh, what's the guy's name in Ghostbusters 2 that um, works at the, the museum with Sigourney? Peter McNichol. Peter McNichol. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Of, to me, Ally McBeal fam. But sure, to other people of Ghostbusters 2 fam. Oh, yeah, I did not watch <laughs> Ally McBeal. Anyway, he's hysterical. Angus, this character. Yeah. Um. So, anyway, I don't know why everyone had told me the show was good. I don't know why it took me so long to finally watch it, but yeah. then I just mainlined it. There's and a lot I of shows it. like that where you just, like, it takes a lot of um, repeated you know, like, attempts to, like, saturate your brain. You have to overcome that initial friction. It's like yeah, pushing a piano across, called... like, a floor. You have to, like, right. the, the, you have to push, and then once you get it going, it's fine. Right. Especially with a show uh, that used to be called Scrotal Recall. Right. There's a high bar to kind of jump over there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I recommend it, and I really think you would like it, too. What okay. did you watch this past week and a half? Um, so, <laughs> a little, I mean... Like, I'm just going to own it. Um, ER debuted on Hulu last week, um, <laughs> and I watched a lot all of All 73 ER. seasons. All seven. Like, okay, there were only, like, 12, okay? Grey's Anatomy is in, like, 15 now. Um, so, yeah. I mean, this is it was actually kind of great because, like, on, on TV critic Twitter, um, there's been... ER has been, like, off the air for, like, I, I don't know, like, probably... Um, six, seven years now, something like that. But, uh, it was like, wait, that's it. I think so. It's been off the air since like, maybe more, maybe since like 2009 or 10. It just seems that like that show's almost like, um, well debuted in, maybe it's been off since like 2006, debuted in 1994. 1994 to 2009. Wow. Yeah, it has been. Um, the last couple of seasons are not great, but ER, like, (coughs) I think ER is, it, there, there was saying elsewhere before it um, that really kind of created the concept of the medical drama, but ER like set the this you know it really set the the format um, of you know like the the mix of like humor and and you know like the different fifty dra- fifty different dramas of the ER every week and like also really really great acting and just like excellent storytelling. I forgot how I remember having a crush on Noah Wiley. Oh Wiley is, is a Wiley. tiny little baby in the beginning yeah. of, of ER and he is so cute and like there's just so immediately like I noticed last week that that when this happened and so people have been clamoring for ER to be on streaming. Why did it take so long? I'm not sure it was a Warner Brothers property, but like Friends has been on Netflix for a long time. Like I almost bought it on iTunes several times, and like I'm very glad <laughs> I'm that really I resisted. Really glad you didn't. <laughs> yeah, I'm very glad that I resisted. But um, you know, it. So I, as soon as it launched, and there wasn't a lot of heads up, but then as soon as it happened, it was just like everyone's like, w- like immediately sucked into ER binging, and and like I just I my favorite thing was like several TV critics that I follow. Um, talking about, like, revisiting all of their favorite ships of the show, of, yeah. like, you know, just, and there's so Was it so Julian Margulies and George Clooney? Juliana was that the Margulies big one? and George Clooney was, like, the big romance of yeah. the show, but he leaves after, like, season four or five, and she sticks around for a few more years. He had to do years. Ocean's Eleven. You want to do Ocean's Eleven? <laughs> I mean, like, it's funny because he became, I think, like, a huge star over the course of that show, but then, like, you know, mm-hmm. he really blew up. And and so Juliana Margulies leaves a couple of years later. She has another romance. But there's, like, Mark Green and Susan Lewis. There's, like, Peter Benton and, like, Elizabeth Court. There's just, like, so many ships on that show. Which is so funny because it's probably why so many people are actually watching it. Oh, yeah, It's like, who can really, you know, I mean, the really medical drama is, like, kind of There are some really real. good... There's a classic, classic episode in the first season called Love's Labor Lost with Bradley Whitford. Um, oh. and he comes in with his pregnant wife. Is he, does he play a bad guy? He does not. He's such a good, he plays a good guy. guy. I know he plays an excellent bad guy. This is like, he comes in and, and it's one of the best like medical, you know, dramas of the first season where, um, just the, one of the stars of the show, uh, Anthony Edwards, Mark Green, Dr. Green, he makes a series of mistakes that like result in just this like horrific outcome for this young couple having this baby and 
you know, I just, I, so I spent most of the week rewatching the entire for 24 episode first season of ER, <laughs> but, and it's also a show that was one of my early, um, online, I did a lot of, I like, my introduction to the internet was all tel- talking about television on different message boards, and one of my favorite message boards was television without pity where they had a huge er board and er recaps and like i was very active on them that is um, so cool i just like lo- i was in so many i mean i was it was mostly er x files like Alan, it was, i was I mean, being it was sarcastic all these... <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't cool at all. I, I love it really but i thought that you meant that it was <laughs> i kind of could tell that you're like <laughs> i'm like thanks i think it's endearing <laughs> and wonderful but i wouldn't say it's cool um, things that I watched this week that aren't 25 years old, um, <laughs> are, uh, the High Maintenance premiere. That has been HBO. getting so much buzz. It's, it really has, um, but, and people are buzzed. To, I'm really just, like, not on a roll with these. That was actually good. I kind of was proud of my tainted one, though. That was, that um, was fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, this one was better. It was great. I mean, it's interesting. I know that you have mentioned to me... So what actually has been getting a lot of buzz are both the show itself and the story behind the creators who were a married couple. The creators are the guy who plays, um, Ben Sinclair, who plays the guy. The guy. And his wife is this um, woman, Katya, um, I forget her last name. Uh, She looks like a Katya. I forget her last name, but she's been in a few different episodes as a character, a recurring, semi-recurring character, and, and so they created the show together. Um, it was like a web series before It was a HBO web series that started on Vimeo, yeah, and I think those episodes are great because they really only are like between like 7 and 15, 20 minutes long, right. um, and HBO picked it up, and last year was its first season, but it's interesting, because you've mentioned to me before that I think your one one problem that you kind of have with the idea of the show is that it's, like, very focused on, like, I think you've told me, like, really, like, the world kind of like, romantic couples. It and got really boring. It's interesting, because, like, right, I didn't think, and the Vimeo incarnation of the series I didn't find to be that focused on that aspect of it, but certainly... The, the first season on HBO was. Yeah. And, and in fact, in the finale of last season, there's a plot line about, um, it's the guy, and and you find out that his wife has left him for another woman, which I didn't know this, but as it turns out, this has been getting all this buzz because it's like all these like magazine writers are like, I'll sink my teeth into this juicy morsel. This is exactly what happened to them. As over oh, the are they course, not... they so they break they broke up um, oh, over the course of the production, and they've been married for like. Well, so seven is this years. season just all about breakups then? I think, and they've so they've talked about how yeah, are they still making it of, together. They're still making it together, even though now they are like divorced, and she is now in a relationship with a woman. Um, and she's like, you know, I kind of knew I was a lesbian always. I mean, right. (laughs) And I find it, I find it to be really interesting. So they've kind of, and the first season was, I loved it, but it, you know, I think it got a lot of kind of hit or miss, um, and kind of reviews. And, and I think they, they've both kind of said like, you know, we were both like very in our, in our own heads. I mean, they wrote every episode last year. This is the first season where, um, they have a writing staff, you know, and they aren't just like completely in their heads for, so I think it's interesting. I'm excited to see the first episode was great. I think like high maintenance at its best of like, just, it doesn't really do interconnected stories the way that some anthology series does. It's, there's like, um, some kind of terrorist event in New York, but it's never made clear what it is. And it's kind of all these different people's Donald like, Trump visits, right? <laughs> reactions to it. Um, but I thought it was a great premiere. I'm really excited. It's like one of my most anticipated shows of the of the first part of the year. So I'm really excited. And then quickly, I also watched um, Lena Waithe from uh, Master of None, who wrote won an Emmy for her um, writing, uh, or not? She won a Emmy. Yeah, I think she won an Emmy, Golden she, or Golden Globe. I, she recently won, I think she won the Emmy, um, for writing on Master of None. Um, she has a show at Showtime now called The Shy, which is about... I've heard that's good. Yeah, it's about, um, 
it's not an anthology. It's a she won an Emmy. She won an Emmy. That's what I thought. Um, and she um created this show. Uh, it's about a series of interconnected people in Chicago. Um, the first episode kind of kicks off with this young kid. He's like 16 years old, um, and he stumbles on um, a guy. A, body in on a sidewalk he's stand by me yeah you know he's like the kid the guy is a a kid who's recently been shot it's implied in kind of a gang turf war um and and him seeing this body and the kind of like he decides to make a split decision split second decision he decides to steal the the kid's sneakers he's wearing a new pair of sneakers he decides to steal the kid's sneakers just like you know he's like a 16 year old yeah yeah. he's like i'm taking these sneakers so him making that decision sets in motion like a series of events that like over the course of the pilot you kind of like are introduced to all these characters who are like related to this event in different ways and starts to like play out their stories i thought it was really good if you've um, where do, where, do, where are on, you watching it's it? on showtime which i oh, i know damn but you can get a free trial of showtime and showtime has this is how they get you though i know it's not true. gonna be i'm not gonna be their pawn <laughs> showtime does have the equivalent of they have showtime anytime which is the same as hbo go where you don't have to have a cable package in order to have showtime um, I Listen, I've had so many need. different accounts. I've already, like, I have CBS All Access just so I can <laughs> watch Star watch. Trek. I, yeah, I can't Star afford Star anymore. Yeah. I know. It's hard. It's like, you know, I mean, I, it is like, it's certainly not as still, even if I have every, I feel like every subscription channel, it's still not as expensive as like having a cable package. True. But um, I... I had gotten Showtime for Twin Peaks, and now I'm... I was kind of like, what else am I going to use it for? And now I'm like... Well, this. This, yeah. This is great. Um, I will say my main complaint with it is that for Lena Waithe, who's, like, a woman, she's a lesbian, she's, like, I kind of... I kind of thought that there would be... And, of course, I only have watched the pilot. There's only been two episodes that aired. Plenty of time. I'm curious to see how this plays out. There were not really any juicy roles for women there was a ton of characters in the pilot and um all of the main action was men and then they had kind of um interesting women at their sides or scolding them one character's mother is is kind of a pretty um there's two mothers in it who are are both i think really interesting characters but they are just kind of on the sidelines um, certainly all the action in, in the pilot was given to men. So that was a little odd to me and I'm curious to see how that plays out. I'm hoping that that was just kind of a setup and of course, and like over the course of the season, we're going to get into like more of the women in their lives, kind of, um, the way, you know, I feel like, you know, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it plans out. That was kind of. I think there's a little bit of room for improvement in it, certainly, but um, well, I liked yeah. it a lot, and like I'm, I'm very eager to watch more of that. Um, so that was kind of. Oh, you know what I, I watched this, this week, week yeah. that wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, what's that? Um, oh well, now I'm forgetting what it's called. It's the new sh- it, the show with uh, one of the Dermer McDermers. Oh, the Dermer McDermers. Um. Yeah. Oh, oh, L.A. to Vegas. Oh, yeah, um, L.A. to Vegas. <laughs> it's a stupid show. Wait, explain on... who the Derma McDermers are. The Derma those... McDermers are, and I get it wrong, and I don't remember. They I'm are here for you. D- Dylan McDermott. Yes. And Dermot Mulroney. Yep. yep. And the it. thing is, like, I can't remember either of their names. And when I picture both of them like in exactly my the head, same. well, and when I picture both of them in my head, I picture the guy from Will and Grace. So he's like the third one, but Eric he doesn't. McCormick. Eric McCormick, but he doesn't have a Dilla, like a Derma name. So he's like a Mick. Yeah, he's close. Yeah. Anyway, so the Derma McDermers. Um, well, one of the Derma McDermers. Um, hold on, I'm gonna look this up because I should not just keep calling him Derma McDermott. Um, oh, it's D- Dylan McDermott is yeah. in this show, and he's a pilot, and he's actually like kind of funny and campy and like dumb in this. So I was like, I'm gonna watch this because I like silly things and like stupid, like dumb humor. Um, it's not that funny. Like it's one of those. But it's a comedy. It's like it's an old. Yeah. Well, it's okay. like one of those like 
it has like this structure where it's like they'd make a joke and then they kind of like linger to be like, that's a joke. There's mm-hmm. no laugh track, but it has that sort of sensibility of like, mm-hmm. like, like someone will say something crazy and instead of just like cutting quickly to something else and like letting you just be on that high as they get to the next joke, someone responds and like, there's always a straight man to every joke, basically. Like, yeah. so a, someone tells a joke and then someone goes, that's crazy! <laughs> or like, that's a weird thing to say. It's like, yeah, I know, I'm like a normal person. As a viewer, I know this already. And I think, like, audiences now are more sophisticated, where we want, like, quicker-paced humor. Mm-hmm. Like, like very, like, Tina Fey-style, like, like one joke after the other. Mm-hmm. They don't like, you know, it's not, like, that kind of goofiness anymore. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of disappointing. And then, d- oh, boy. Dermot Mulroney <laughs> shows up in the second episode, and, like, I think it's kind of a joke that, like, people get them confused, but I will not be watching that more. I gave it <laughs> that a was, You gave it a shot. Yeah, so that's Okay, you gave it a time. shot. It was what you were watching, and now... Yeah, I was kind of hoping it'd be, like, some, like, like it looks kind of silly and, like, basic, and I, would ho- I was hoping it'd be, like, some sleeper, like, good comedy, but it... it they also, you, they you really do it. just, like, they look exactly the same. I, no, I can't. Like, <laughs> and, I, and in my head, I'm picturing Will. <laughs> so. Right. Like, like, I'm just, like, picturing Eric and McCormick. Like, I don't have, know the difference between the other two. They but, like, <laughs> actually have uh, Eric McDermott, uh, Eric, uh, Eric McCormick's face. Right. Just doppelgangers. Which, segue. Yeah. Brings us to this past week's X-Files. Yeah. This week's X-Files. Did you like this episode? I... Plus liked one. it a lot. I liked it a lot. Um, Mulder this, was so sexy in this episode. I know this is this was an interesting episode. It brought back a um, well loved X Files um, actor um, who she played um, the the uh, matriarch of the incestuous uh, peacock yeah, family. Yeah, that's a good choice to say matriarch instead of mother because she was also the lover and, like, right. the wife and, like... Uh, of the incest... If you there's one X-Files episode that you know of, it's probably it's, Home. It's probably Home. Um, which is about the, What's that, the third season? family. Fourth season. Fourth season. Beginning um, of fourth season. From Home, Pennsylvania, uh, which Mulder and Scully investigate um, them kind of impregnating their mother and and killing the babies and it was banned from fox for several years uh so she's um, back she's back and and uh and playing two roles which i didn't realize until the next day (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a weird concept that you know kind of a knock against it is never it's not fully, fully flushed out. Explained. They kind of clearly the writers like struck on a aha, but like eh, we'll just, it was know. a Chris Carter episode. Yeah. Oh, right. It was a Chris Carter episode. Yeah. It kind of petered out at the end, but it's like the concept that um, people are seeing their doubles and then they die. People are seeing their doppelgangers, right? And then they and they're, die. They're, and their and their doppelgangers, we are led to believe by watching, actually do kill them. Mm-hmm. Like one guy gets his head cut off, mm-hmm. and you know they're kind of like, well, how do you? And this is apparently a real phenomenon that you, of people seeing their doppelgangers before they. Well, that's die. that whole like mythology of it, the, right? You the can, doppelganger, <laughs> right? Exactly, right, right, right. Which is kind of like it's like evil. if you see your doppelganger, you have to kill it, right? Yeah. So. Um, the the how this it, it's basically like also then we're kind of like uh, there's like twin telepathy there's, uh, yeah there's aspect of twin telepathy it doesn't I, I I it doesn't fully cohere but it was so much fun it was it kind was, of creepy there's some scenes where you're kind of like creepiness. it was like old style X Files like oh where is the doppelganger seat behind that wall right like, I was, was legitimately cool. freaked out by the cold open. Um, yeah, you said you thought, first, found that really scary. Yeah, where the first, like, doppelganger kills. I was more freaked kills. out by the music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the X-Files never does, like, contemporary culture. Well, no, it's so bad. Anytime the X Files tries to reference anything like, like the net, cool, yeah, it's like or like of the, now. This from the net. yeah, it's always like it's always as if you're sixty year old 
father like yeah. he's trying to write a reference to about like, like what punk. movies are cool yeah. Like, yeah um it doesn't it's always or, like what bars are cool to go to like Mulder always picks like really dumb bars to yeah have. you know be like yeah it's just like anytime they it's have to pretty like, uncool pretty uncool but there's some great it's a great episode for like Mulder and Scully. Though I was confused by their relationship. I don't it has not understand. Been made clear. Like so they're clearly not together anymore. And I think we're supposed to believe that it's like because they just they just know it won't work for yeah. them, so they are keeping a distance. But they're not. And they it's clear that they don't want to. And then they're like like lying down together. Sexual, sexual attraction. Well they and, have like, sex maybe... like repeatedly yeah. in this episode, which is like, the most, like, they ever allude to them having God sex, God forbid ever. they show us an inkling of them having sex. God forbid. Seriously. So, like, must like, we only allude? He's so prude. <laughs> I Chris know. Carter's so prude about it. We can't um, get even, like, uh, not even, like, a tiny makeout sesh here. Yeah. Yeah. No tongue allowed. Before. No tongue allowed. But, um, yeah, it's, like, but it's just, like, not, cl- and, like, Scully's like, well, what if you meet someone? It's like, well, then, he, he clearly wants to be with you. This is just tiring. What if you meet someone... Younger who wants to have kids. That's what you mean. Well, you could do the same. You could meet someone and have kids. <laughs> well, that's not gonna happen. It's nonsense. No, it's not. I'm. I'm at the end of that journey. Do you want to have more kids? Well. I would have liked to have had another one. Hmm. But the risk of sounding insensitive, what's stopping you? Besides the fact that the first time was a miracle, and besides the fact that I don't have anyone to have one with even if I could, it's weird. It's weird. I didn't. I don't understand their relationship. I like just still be a part or of, not. I still kind of live for these moments, though, where they're like, you know, just like <laughs> you a shipper at heart. <laughs> oh my god! Like forever. When I was a kid, I used to like record these episodes and just like go back and rewind, like on like a glance. If, from... like, yeah, Mulder like touches her back. <laughs> right. I'd be like, <gasps> yeah. So um, well, there's I a lot of that them. in this episode. This is one for the shippers. Seriously, and I'm like, okay, I kind of respect Carter just throwing me that bone yeah um wow i'm just on fire tonight <laughs> throwing me that bone oh, oh gross <laughs> Mulder bone and yeah i mean, it was just it's it doesn't also it's like you're supposed we're getting into their relationship because for some reason i think you know, the evil twin is like just like tell Scully she's old, and then Scully's like, "Am I old?" And then like that sends Scully into like, she's like a, my ship has sailed on having a kid, and it's like so much dramatic irony like, Scully, that like I really think unpack. she's well, I think she's, I think Mulder just got her pregnant again. Right. I think that's what we saw there. So int- well, I and I thought see the interesting is I thought she's implying that she's menopausal. That's what I thought at first, but then you said something. You like texted me or like, are we? supposed to think that now Scully is going to be pregnant. And I think right. you're right about that. So that was my, my... my initial reaction was like, menopause. Right. But so like, it's interesting I don't think Chris reversed. Carter has ever thought about menopause. <laughs> That's like, probably I don't true. Think that like... That's probably true. It's funny because my first inkling was... He's like was... content to just have like a plot shift, just be like, oh, and she was date raped. Like right. he doesn't really care that much about like like women biology or like sexual no. well-being. So I don't know. If... But if, if Gillian Anderson was like, what if Scully was menopausal? You know, like then he would probably be like, interesting so like who i'm curious have an like, x-files about menopause right like, like women going crazy in midlife it's gonna be some horribly heavy-handed thing where like a woman turns into a werewolf or something oh yeah it would, it would, it would de- definitely be terrible yeah so we're so we're eagerly anticipating this week's episode um week of the 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 um, yeah, it's supposed to be great. 22nd here, whatever we're in. Yeah, it'll be um, tomorrow, twenty on the or no, two days, twenty fourth, Wednesday yeah. the twenty fourth. Yeah, on the twenty fourth. Um, it's supposed to be the best episode of the season. Yeah, so I'm and pretty jazzed people, about that. People have said one of the all time best X Files episodes. However, I remember people saying this about the Kamal Nanjani. Um, oh yeah, I wouldn't put it up there. It was a great werewolf. episode, but it's not. 
And that one was very overrated for me, and a lot of people are being like, this is one of the best episodes of all time. And I was like... It's mm, fun, but no, that's not, it's not one of those. Uh, and it had... Yeah, so I I was a little bit a little bit skeptical, but honestly, this season has been better um, than last year. Better than last year, it's been impressing me, you know, more than I would have thought. So yeah, we'll we'll see. And also, these episodes have really interesting names. I've, I've yeah thought this one this week um, plus one. Last week's was plus one. And uh, the last and one was this. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Which then, was a great episode. We didn't talk about that because uh, we skipped last week, but that was a good episode. That Yeah, I mean, that one was, was also this. I'm still, then, though, I have to say, I'm really confused about just, like, what is happening in, like, the broader plot arc. Like, yeah. I think I'm, like, does Tad O'Malley, Joel McHale's char- character, does he exist? Was that in a dream? Like, does he not... I wouldn't be surprised if Are they, they thinking about this virus this? that, like, she... Like, I just, like, not... Like, did they... Did nothing happen in that last season? Was it, like, yeah, was it all just in Scully's mind's eye? Um, you know, the virus taking over the, yeah, we've like, we, did, yeah. did she ever work at a hospital? Has she been with the X-Files since, like, how did they get back with <laughs> Was the, Scully ever born? Yeah. <laughs> but like, really, like, was yeah. she working at, like, that Catholic hospital? Yeah. I, I assume she was because she was in the last season and she was in the second movie. When did she go into this, like, coma thing? We can't. Like, I'm so, okay, we, we should not parse this out. We it. can't. I know, but it's just like there are big holes. But this That's episode is say. called "The Lost Art of Forehead Sweat." The one um, coming up, and it's written by Darren Morgan. Oh, that'll um, be great. Who, of course, is yeah one of the best writers in the show. Um, yeah, and then there's one called Ghoulie and one called Kitten. So I'm like, Ooh, interesting. Yeah, just interesting episode names. So <coughs> anyway, that's enough X Files for this week. We'll yeah. regroup on it next. We'll probably just like talk about most of the season because it's short. Um, yeah. And, yeah. you know, and it's important to us. But, um... It's just important to us. Oh, also I'm just seeing now that Haley Joel Osment is in an episode? Interesting. I saw a photo of Haley Joel Osment today, and I thought it was, um, uh, what's-his-face from Home Improvement. Jonathan Taylor Thomas? No, 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 no. Zachary Tybron. <laughs> no, now, now I'm going to be really <laughs> mean. No, not Tim Allen. It's uh, <laughs> Al. His, his partner. <laughs> I thought Haley Joel Osment. Al. I, I want everyone <laughs> listening to like pull up a photo of Haley Joel Osment now when he's got his beard and Do everything, and now. with Al from Home Improvement, and tell me that they don't really kind of look like. Um, I'm Haley Joel Osment might disturbed. be his progeny or something. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm disturbed. But yeah, I didn't know that he was going to be in the next Files episode. So we have that to look forward to. He's yeah. probably like, already been in it and like didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, kind of just, you know, the other thing we were going to talk about this week, we're a little bit behind on this because we skipped last week, but, um, you know, a few a few more, like, Me Too kind of related um, TV uh, incidents that have popped up over the last couple of weeks, obviously. Biggest um, one is Biggest Aziz one, Ansari. Biggest one is Ansari. You know, we can kind of just talk about this for a minute. I mean, I yeah, think, it's been a little while, so I don't know if we want to rehash it too much. Yeah, but there's been a, a maybe barrage about, like, of think pieces, but yeah. you know, I think, um, I think like my my big thing here also is that a lot of people are like concerned about Aziz, and I gotta say, I don't see Aziz suffering any negative consequences from this at all so far. It doesn't seem like there's been any real fallout. It's not like Netflix announced they're like because nothing Master he did was like he you know he he con- he confirmed the the story. He what he's not being like you know, and he didn't go to the SAG Awards last night. Mm-hmm. He's like oh I didn't know, realize that yeah didn't he did but SAG James Awards. Franco did. Um, oh, James Franco did good for him. Good for James, but yeah. um yeah like I he's not being like a total prick about it mm-hmm. I guess and um. Yeah, and he's not, like, and nothing he did was on the level that would get him, like... Blacklisted. Blacklisted? From, like, yeah, certainly. Um, I, I think what so happens I'm not worried now about is him either. becomes fodder for an episode in the next season of Master of None, honestly. Like, I don't... I don't know. I give him a little bit more credit than that. I would like to as well. I just, I, you know, I'm so skeptical of just... I mean, it's true, never trust men, but, yeah. like... <laughs> of, like, every... Every dude in in Hollywood now. I mean, I just I don't really think, but I really don't think there's a lot of negative consequence to any of this for Aziz. His name's just like no. I think the negative consequences are more for women that will come forward in the future about other 
things or like people that now maybe find the movement to be compromised in some way or delegitimized. It is interesting how like the conversation very quickly went from what did Aziz do wrong here to what did what did these woman whose pseudonym was Grace what did she like what what did yeah. she do wrong and what did the writers and editors who you know published this story do wrong and that kind of backlash I I mean, of course, there's always going to be a backlash and a backlash to the backlash, but, like, I do feel like that very quickly eclipsed. Well, because of the way it was done by Babe.net, this this website that published the story, was so poorly done, yeah. journalistically. Um, it was not a very well-written story. They didn't do much to actually protect Grace from, like, the backlash. They didn't, you know... It's not clear to me how much they actually vetted in terms of like, you know, I think they mm-hmm. showed some photos in the piece of like, this they is had the, the dinner. Yeah. yeah, they had the text and they're like, this is a picture of the food that we ate as a way to show that like this really happened, which is like kind of just like lazy writing. And I think a lot of the criticism for it happened swiftly because it was actually bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it was it was like it was not a not a great particularly on the editing. Like, yeah poorly done also like I think very side-eyed that like we've never heard of this outlet before and it's like you know clearly trying to make a name for itself um so that is also certainly a, a factor to consider yeah definitely here. they were trying to get you know they're like oh cool we have this scoop we got to get this up as soon as possible um uh Julianne Escobedo Shepard of Jezebel wrote a good piece um headline is babe what are you doing which I think is kind of funny um <laughs> You know, they talk about, like, just the, the kind of the failure of the the journalists that, that did this. Um, Which really undermines yeah, and they mentioned, the like, whole the, story. A big thing about it was that, like, suddenly this, this issue, this, this movement is becoming, quote, prestige journalism, right? Mm-hmm. If you can have the thing that dominates it's the news cycle for genre. a day, that is, like, a good thing for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means now people that might not necessarily know what they're doing are publishing it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, just in the rush to like cash in yeah which like sounds really you know gruesome but like honestly i mean it really is like i guess not a genre but it's like a beat almost yeah now it is yeah Yeah. i mean they've you know buzzfeed has like a desk for it now i think Mm. and um yeah and it's interesting to me because you know i think it's like on the one level i'm like really glad that we're actually having a conversation about like what um what sex should look like. That's yeah, sex that that's, like, good for women. Right. Um, I'm not sure this was the way to start that conversation, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying that because I think, like, I'm... Like, we're not worried about Aziz and not it from the sense of protecting him, and I'm not also going to use that as a cover of being, like, this is harming the movement. I just think what it... The problem is that we're, like, mistaking um, the, the symptoms of our patriarchal and... Um, pro-male sex culture for the disease. Mm -hmm. Like, we have these symptoms, and, like, one of them is that, you know, men, even, like, woke men, like, supposedly Aziz was or said he was, Mm -hmm. are bad at sex. They are bad at sex. And women are often bad at telling them what they want, but I don't Mm -hmm. really blame women for that because that's the society we live in. Mm -hmm. But men are, like, taught to, you know, behave in certain ways, and they're bad at sex for some, like, you know, Aziz was bad at sex in this story. He's gross and he's bad at sex. And I'm not saying that that's it, and that doesn't mean that that's not sexual misconduct. Mm-hmm. But he's bad at sex, and that's what it is. And it's he's bad at it for, like, very serious reasons. And one of them is, like, that we have this toxically mac- masculine culture mm-hmm. that tells men that they have to pursue and they have to be the ones that are initiating sex and tells women that they should want to be pursued um, we also have a culture that uh, tells women that they can be introspective, but men don't have to be. And like, so Aziz probably was, you know, he's well intentioned um, as a feminist, but like, he clearly wasn't doing as much introspection about like daily interactions mm-hmm. as women are probably doing constantly. And it's like, you shouldn't, you just shouldn't have to try this hard. Yeah. If you're trying this hard, your date is not going well. Right. You know, and you just need to like, Take a step back, recognize that, and, and you know, like, and the, the other problem is that like we men like see women as women. Well, they see attractive women as women first, 
and unattractive women as invisible, and mm-hmm. then they see them as human second. And so Aziz just meets this, he's 34 at the time, and he meets this 23-year-old at, like, an Emmy party, and uh, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna, like, go on a date with her, and I hope I have sex on the first night. He's not really thinking about, like, what she might be wanting. I think what you just said about seeing, you know, attractive women as, as like, you know, seeing, not seeing these women as, as women, as people first. They're objects of their desire. And that really plays into another story that went much more under the radar over the last couple of weeks, um, which was, which was, uh, Megan Gans, who was a Mm. writer on Community. One of my all-time favorite shows. All-time favorite shows. I'm constantly quoting it to Sarah. You really are. (laughs) I love that show so much. There's no situation that you can't relate back to a plot line (laughs) on Community. Oh, like the Meow Meow Beans in Community? (laughs) Yeah, like, all the time. All the time. And, you know, Dan Harmon, um, the creator of Community, is someone that I think, um, I, I'm not, he, I, I know that he's had a lot of issues over the years. I've heard a lot about his you struggles with... his with, wife, too, right? Yeah, his yeah. ex-wife. Um, ex-wife. You know, his struggles with alcohol and, and, you know, just, he's, you know, depression and, um, but, you know, so, or this writer who... Um, Megan Gans kind of came out on Twitter and was like talking about um, how she had called out Dan Harmon on Twitter um, for sexually harassing her while she was employed at Community. Um, And then she was like, you know, what's weird is that last week I called him out and today I'm going to ask you to listen to his podcast, um, Harmontown, which has been on for many years. Um, Yeah. And, and and I'm going to ask you to listen to it and listen for he's going to be apologizing. I think she calls it like a master class in apology or something. In yeah. Tweet. Yeah. And, you know, I we both listened to it. I think, it's like I a seven-minute apology that just yeah. is in the middle of his podcast. Also, in the effort to get to the, the seven minutes of apology, I was like listening to various snippets of the show, and that thing is just not for me. I can't. <laughs> two, like, two people just rambling about things. <laughs> what? No, it was like I said, it was like four people. Actually, yeah, about yeah, things. it's just a bunch of dudes <laughs> rambling. Um, but like you know, so I think he did a really good job. It was very. He's almost. I mean, he's crying. You can like hear him crying. I never did it before, and I will never do it again. But I certainly wouldn't have been able to do it if I had any respect for women. On a fundamental level, I was thinking about them as different creatures. I was thinking about the ones that I liked as having some special role in my life. And I I did it all by not thinking about it. So I just want to say, in addition to obviously being sorry, but that's really not the important thing, I want to say I did it by not thinking about it. And I got away with it by not thinking about it. And if she hadn't mentioned something on Twitter, I would have continued to not have to think about it. Although I did walk around with my stomach in knots about it. But I wouldn't have had to talk about it. And I, the, the, the last and most important thing I can say is just think about it. You know, in this apology, he really clearly thought... We're talking about introspection. Yeah. I mean, you can tell he's he sat down, he thought very hard about what it thought back on this situation where he basically I think he, he had a huge crush, thought he was in love with this writer. He clearly he just could not have been in love with her because was not accepting her did not really know her. I mean knew her, but like they they don't there wasn't there was ne- she had never given him any indication that she was interested in him and he just could not accept that. And, and, um, you know, he was very honest in the podcast about how he treated her like shit, um, after she rebuffed him and he kept trying to ask her out. And, um, and his apology was centered on her, right? It was like, it was, it was on the one hand, it was like definitely about his actions and he was taking full ownership of them. But it was also about like, this was bad, like, for her. It doesn't matter what my motivations were. It doesn't matter what my reasoning was. This is what, this This is the situation I created. And here, I'm relating it to her as the hero of this story. Yeah. She's the, she's the center, like, And at subject. the time, you know, like we were saying, like, she wasn't a person to him. She was 
you know, a beautiful woman who worked on, you know, to him, you know, like who worked in his vicinity and like that was all there was. There wasn't like consideration of, oh, she doesn't Which want to Which he even says as me. much. He's like, all that she was was just like a mm-hmm. person that he wanted to pursue. Yeah. And so, you know, I think... Yes, can you continue to be skeptical of Dan Harmon? Certainly, I hope that this... He says in the apology that, that it um, had never has never happened since. It had never happened before. I really hope that's true. I guess there's no... I take all that with a grain of salt. Yeah. I'm sure Aziz would have said I never did anything Exactly, wrong. totally. But, you know, I mean, it seems like But I think it's important to have those... Con- like, that's what I was saying about, like, Aziz. Like, I, he, this is not the level of Weinstein. I think you can have a scale here. Mm. And... Um, it's important to like, you know, be talking about this as if it's like, well, what is this a symptom of? What is our larger society's problem? Mm -hmm. Why is sex bad for women? Mm -hmm. How can we make it better for women? And, um, you know, I thought about a lot as like a journalist, if I were given that story, if Grace had approached me, what Mm -hmm. would I have done differently? Mm -hmm. I certainly wouldn't have done what they did. I would have found other stories. I would have made a larger piece about... You know, it's not just mm-hmm. a, it's not just affirmative consent. It's also being mindful of your partner's right. needs and what they want and everything like that's the, that's the story. But then we just when we're putting it all into the same thing of like this, here's a bad thing that happened. Here's sexual misconduct. This person is bad. Then you don't you don't have room then for us to have nuanced conversations. Yeah. And, you know, I saw someone, a friend of ours posted the Dan Harmon apology on Facebook and was like, I don't forgive him. What he did to Megan Gans was horrible. Like, well, I certainly agree with you, but like Megan Gans clearly forgives him. Has forgiven him. And also what are we doing this for? If not to change people and not to have apologies that are heartfelt. Like why do we even make them apologize if even good ones aren't going to earn our forgiveness? Right. And, and I think, you know, absolutely. Like, otherwise, why do we want them to apologize? Like, I mean, it's I like, think... Otherwise, let's just put them in the ocean. Exactly. Which and is I mean, fine, too. <laughs> well, it's like, and someone like Dan Harmon is not going to just be thrown out with the... Tr- you know, like, he could have not done this apology, and also nothing bad would have happened to him. Yeah. You know? A lot of us just would have been like... We probably wouldn't have even great. heard about it. Maybe some people... But I'm glad he did, because now I can keep watching Community. Exactly. And I can keep watching Rick and Morty, even though that... Has terrible associations for other reasons, mostly yeah. from its fans, though, and not from yeah, its Yeah, just, creators. I mean, dudes are going to ruin everything, so. So, that's, that's maybe that for this week. Yeah, um, thanks for letting us just, you know. What we're watching on. and not watching this week, I, um, I will, I really want to watch, um, the newest incarnation of, of Ryan Murphy's, uh, uh, American Crime Story series on FX last year was of course OJ Simpson. Nothing is going to uh nothing is going to follow OJ Simpson, you know, like right. you know, I think it's hard to live up to that, but I'm excited about the assassination of Johnny Versace. It looks really good. Yeah, I think it looks great. Um I'm I'm here for like, you know, Ryan Murphy camp. Um Speaking, can we have a, like a brief detour real quick? I know we're running out of time, but the 911 show that he's doing uh, yeah. at work and it's like there's I tweeted this out and then I was like wait what if this was a joke no it's real this actually happens in this show it starts with I'm gonna try to find the clip but it starts with a I bouncy castle it's Ryan Murphy, yeah. it's Ryan Murphy. I <laughs> yeah. know it's crazy and it's kind of like Angela we Bassett not watching last uh, on uh, this on is our, our last episode, yeah our last not watch show 911 911 and it starts with like one of the cold opens is a bouncy castle like floating away <laughs> like a thousand feet in the air and the 911 calls like wait like a bouncy castle <laughs> Anyway, there's another episode I think where a snake eats a kid. 
No, I was reading, like, a baby gets flushed down a toilet, and then they have to cut open the pipe. The baby's alive. They save him. Peter Krause saves him. Uh, Peter Krause, Adam, and Buffy. you should be watching this show. It just seems too gory for me. But they, like, cut the baby out of the poop pipe, and, like, but they have to use, like, lube to get it out. How does a baby get... There's a snake, though. There's a snake that, like... And then he has sex with her or something. I don't know. It sounds bananas. This is just Ryan Murphy, like, just being like, what what else can I... What else can I try? What else can I sprinkle my Ryan Murphy dust I know. on uh, oh I know a uh, police procedural are we you know yeah. like um so but the, no Gianni Versace yeah these other names Gianni, Gianni Versace good. I really want to see it I actually saw a great tweet um tweet thread from someone on Twitter this week who was saying that she when she was a kid she was playing basketball by herself and the the serial killer um who who is the subject of of the show um, came up to her and like basically tried to lure her in, like into Stop. his. Yeah, she's like, and she found out later after he had, um, they had caught him that she's like, oh my god, that guy talked to me on the basketball court. Get out! That <laughs> I know it's a great thing. So I really want to watch that. Hopefully, um, I'll have watched at least the first couple by uh, the time we convene next week. Um, and then I think we were both not watching the same show this week. Yeah, speaking of uh, medical dramas. Yeah, medical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not gonna watch The Resident. The Resident has been relentlessly advertised to me on that Twitter. That and The Alienist have been the two shows that have been pushed. What's funny that is I haven't most. done anything for The Alienist, but like I mean, it must be because know, of my ER binge. But it like, must be. It must be because constant. I watch a lot of murder mysteries that they're like, would you like to watch an 1896 like crime procedural yeah. that stars Luke Evans? <laughs> I'm like, oh well, yeah. The Resident looks... But the rest like, looks, like, unbearably boring. Well, it looks really boring, and I'm also a little bit, like, um, confused by its existence, because, like, after... I think medical dramas kind of had a big burst, I think, especially after Grey's Anatomy. Like, there was a, in the mid-early, like, mid-2000s, there was a big burst of yeah. really bad medical dramas that went nowhere. Yeah. Um, and, like, Meryl Streep's daughter was in one, maybe Gummer. Um, yeah. There were just a bunch that, like, just crashed, and it just, this seems like a throwback to that, and I'm like, okay, and it's got Matt Chudry? My guess is Chukri. Chukri. Sachusri? Yeah. Who knows? Someone correct us. I don't care to learn it. Yeah, call us, call in and tell us we're wrong. Um... He of the lesser uh, Rory Gilmer boyfriend club. Ah, yes. Logan. Logan Huntsberger. And Emily Van Camp is also in this. She was like a kind of semi, like, CW, UPN personality in the Yeah, like ABC Family or something. Yeah, she was in that show Everwood, which I never watched. It looked looked too precious. You're a liar. No, neither of us definitely, neither of us watched that show. Yeah, like, so so The Resident looks, I think, looks terrible. Um, We will not be watching that. If you need a medical drama to watch, I'm telling you, just flip on your Hulu. You can just binge a season of ER in a day and a half, I'm telling you. Never heard of it. Eminently watchable. (laughs) Um, All right, so I think that's it for us this week. Yeah, let's go to the bar. Let's go to the bar. We're going to the bar. We're going to the bar. Yeah, we're going to the bar. <laughs> no, I don't. Don't please don't speak like that to me when I'm in Washington. This is triggering. <laughs> yeah. oh, um, and now that the Patriots won again. Uh, uh, but shout out to our friend Lisa, who's a big Eagles fan. I'm proud. Yeah, I'm happy for. Her. I'm happy for, I'm happy for Lisa, not yeah. ha- and and a few other people from Philly, but. All right, that's I the was, last we speak of I'm football sorry, on this show. Football. Get it off my podcast. It's on TV. It's on TV. It counts. <laughs> all right, okay, um, okay. All right, well, so we won't be in person on our next episode together, but this was fun. Um, we'll go back to Skype, but uh, all right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye, Amanda. Bye, Sarah. Good night.